نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وحده لا شريك له ولا نظير له ولا ند له ولا ضد له ولا مثل له ولا مثال له ونشهد أن سيدنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا وسندنا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لمسجد أسس على التقوى من أول يوم أحق أن تقوم فيه فيه رجال يحبون أن يتطهروا والله يحب المطهرين 
وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الطهور شطر الإيمان وقال عليه الصلاة والسلام عشر من الفطرة وكما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام صدق الله العظيم وبلغنا رسوله النبي الحبيب الكريم ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين. Very respected elders and brothers. Once Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, she mentioned that Hazrat Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned to her asharun min al-fitra. There are ten things, there are ten things which are from the sunnats of all the anbiya alayhim wassalam. There are ten things or ten sunnat actions which are not only the actions of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam but are the actions of all the Anbiya alayhi wasallam from Hazrat Adam alayhi salam right until Hazrat Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam and anyone who practices on these ten things will be practicing on the sunnats of all the Anbiya alayhi wasallam so he'll get the reward of make, practicing and making amal on the sunnats of all the Anbiya alayhi wasallam including Hazrat Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sunnah. So Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala explains asharun min al-fitra, these ten things. There's many explanations to fitra, but this is the most accepted explanation, that it is amongst the practice of all the Anbiya alayhi wa And the first thing that Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala explains, qassu sharib to remove the mustache, to trim the mustache, wa'i'afa'u al-lihya, and to grow the beard. The first one is to trim the mustache and to grow the beard. So in this Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has encouraged us a person shouldn't keep a big bushy mustache. He should trim his mustache. If he's keeping a mustache, then he should be kept short and trimmed above the lip, not a big bushy mustache. At the same time, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam encouraged a person should keep a full shari beard. On one occasion, there were two messengers who had come from Persia. They came to Medina Munawwara from the side of Kisra. So these two messengers, when they came, they came with very big mustaches and completely shaven off. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he looked at them, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam turned his Mubarak face away from them and he asked them, where did you learn to do this, keep big mustaches and shave your beards off? So they said, our Rabb who is Kisra, the emperor of Persia, he has taught us to keep our mustaches like this and to shave our beards. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam replied, he said, my Rabb who is Allah, has taught me to remove my mustache, to keep my mustache short and to grow my beard. So this is a great sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, which every one of us should try and make amal on and to practice on how we can keep a beard. A few weeks ago in a maktab, in a madrasa, we're doing the practical of wuzu. Practical of wuzu with all the small children, which is something that is taught in the madrasa, how to make wuzu, how to perform salah. So one of the children, while explaining the practical method of making wuzu, he made khilal of his beard. All the other children started laughing because he's a small child, he got no beard, but he's making khilal of the beard. All children started laughing. You got no beard, what khilal of the beard you make? He said, Molana, maybe I haven't got beard now, but inshallah, when I grow up, I'll keep my beard. This is the jazba we're supposed to have. From a young age, a child is already making that niyat that I will follow the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That's why it's so important for us to send our children to maktab, send our children to madrasa so they learn what is right, they learn the sunnahs of Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. One, one brother from Johannesburg, see, he studied in Marlboro by Mona Yunus Daya sahab rahmatullahi He was in a maktab for many years after he went into high school and he left madrasa. So you see, it was in his matzik here. What happens is sometimes youngsters, when they reach that age, then Babu Shu'abatu min al-junoon, go into a little bit of a madness. In Urdu, they say, Jawani, Diwani. Person goes away a little bit off the track, sometimes keeping like spike hair and different colors, what, what happens to him in that age. So he says, I was in my matzik here, 
clean shaven completely. I met my ustad. I was so embarrassed. I met him looking at me. He said, Muhammad, your beard. I don't know what to tell my ustad. I feel so embarrassed. He said, then he told me something. You see, that struck a chord in my heart. He told me, see, you keep your beard. Because remember every minute and every second of the day and the night, Allah Ta'ala is giving you sawab and reward for it. You're in the masjid, you're getting a reward. You're sleeping, you're getting a reward. You're in the toilet also, you're getting sawab and reward for keeping the beard. Remember, you're taking the beard out every second of the day and the night, getting guna. Getting guna for this every second of the day and night. Unless a person makes toba, he asks Allah's forgiveness. Inshallah, I'll try and keep this beard. But this is a great sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Every Muslim should try. One person was saying, he said, I want to keep my beard. My wife doesn't like it. Wife doesn't like it. So inshallah, Allah give us that himmat and that strength. One day, inshallah, make dua to Allah. Allah give us the tawfiq. We can keep the shari'i beard, keep the sunnah beard of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The third and the fourth sunnah that is mentioned in this hadith, Hazrat Aisha radiallahu anha says, Al-Madhmadah wal-Istinshaq. Al-Madhmadah wal-Istinshaq. To gargle the mouth and to clean the nose. Now all these ten things that are mentioned, they are all are related and deals with a person's personal hygiene. With a person's personal hygiene. Here Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is saying, gargling the mouth and putting water into the nose. So these two actions in wuzu is a sunnah. In ghusal it's a faras. In wuzu it's sunnah to gargle the mouth and to clean the nose. But in ghusal this is a faras action. Here to look at the detail. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is teaching us, person he is making wuzu, then he must gargle his mouth. He finish eat, he must gargle his mouth. If he drinks milk, after drinking milk he should gargle his mouth. So these sunnats are taught to us by Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. To this extent, that whilst gargling our mouth in wudu, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam teaches us that the first two times you'll gargle, the third time you'll put your head back and you'll gargle what in Urdu is called gargara. A person will gargle thoroughly so that the water reaches the back of his throat. If you look at the detail that any dirt that is remaining here, all that is washed out, is cleansed out completely. The detail in the sunnah and in the teachings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. A few years ago, we were gone in Jamaat to Cape Town. Then the Shabguzari Mawlana Muhammad Jinasab from Kimberley was giving the bayan. He was explaining over there in the bayan, saying that during the COVID period, one masjid he went, so he saw outside on the masjid board, there were eight steps for washing hands. Eight steps for washing hands. You scrub your hands this way, this way, then this way, then this way, then this way. You see, I was thinking to myself, do we have to even teach a Muslim about washing his hands? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has taught us, you wake up in the morning, the first thing you do, you wash your hands. You wake in wuzu, before you start your wuzu, you wash your hands three times. That's besides washing the whole arm in wudu, including the hands. When you go to the toilet, you come out of the toilet, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught us you wash your hands. That a kafir hasn't even learned as yet. He hasn't even learned that, that after he comes out of the toilet, he must wash his hands. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, before eating, wash your hands, don't wipe it. After eating, wash your hands, wipe it. Before eating, wash your hands, don't wipe it. After eating, wash your hands, wipe it. The detailed explanation in tahara, cleanliness, personal hygiene, that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has taught us, we don't have to turn to anybody else to learn. We learn it all from the guidance of Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So here Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is teaching us that third and the fourth sunnah of all the Anbiya alayhi wa gargle the mouth and after that cleaning the nose, cleaning whatever dirt accumulates in the nose, all of that is cleansed. The fifth, the fifth sunnah of all the Anbiya alayhi wa sallam is as-siwak, the using of the miswak. Here Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam explains, as-siwaku mitharatun lil-fami maradatun lil-rabbi. Person who uses the miswak, it cleanses his mouth, makes Allah happy. Every Muslim wants to make Allah happy. Which Muslim doesn't want to make Allah ta'ala happy? sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is teaching us an easy, simple method. Use the miswak, you'll make Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala happy. Hazrat Aisha <coughs> radiallahu ta'ala anha, she says, that when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is to wake up in the morning, the first thing he is to do is, is to make miswak. Hazrat Aisha radiallahu anha says, the last thing that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did before he passed away, he was in marazul mode, he said, Aisha, I want a miswak. As Aisha radiallahu anha says, I got it from my brother Abdurrahman. 
He gave me, I softened that miswak in my mouth and I gave it to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made miswak. And this was the last amal of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam before he passed. The usage of the miswak. Hadith Sharif says you make miswak to read the kalima at the time of your death. Every Muslim wants to read kalima. Easy way is make miswak. Make miswak, Allah will make it such, we'll read the kalima at the time of our death. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam explains, person who makes miswak at the time of wuzu, person who makes miswak at the time of wuzu, and then he reads his namaz. The reward of his namaz is multiplied by 70. The reward of his namaz is multiplied by 70 as compared to that person who didn't use the miswak at the time of wuzu and read his namaz. The Maikiram give the example. They say end of the month, end of the month, if the boss has to come to you with your wage, with your wages, and he's got two bags in his hand. One got 1,000 rand, one got 70,000 rand. And he says, it's your choice. You choose whichever one you want. We'll grab the 70,000 rand. Because the value of rands and cents is in our hearts. Wallah, if the value of sawab is in our hearts, not one namaz we'll read without me. Not one namaz we'll read without me. Hazrat Mawla Jamshed Sahib, Rahmatullah Ali, from the Raiwi in Marcus. He was a student of Hazrat Ji Mawla Masihullah Sahib, Rahmatullah Ali, in Jalalabad. He gives his whole example how he got connected with this work of Dawat and Tabliq. He said, one day I was in a masjid and I was making mutala. It was about one hour before Asar namaz. He said, it was a jamaat that was in a masjid from Mewat. He said, whilst I'm making mutala and studying my kitab, I'm seeing one of the satis from the jamaat pacing up and down the masjid, up in the masjid, out of the masjid, outside in the car park, upstairs, downstairs. He's walking around Parishan. He said, I could see this man is very concerned. Something is wrong. Said, Let me go and ask him. Maybe he lost his wallet. He lost his passport. Something. He went to him and asked him, something wrong. Hadith Sahib, can I help you? He said, one hour left for Asar Namaz. I can't find my miswak. I'm worried that how am I going to read my Asar Namaz without making the miswak? He said, I got a shock of my life. Me being an alim. I studied all the hadiths of miswak. I don't have so much of fikr about making miswak. He says, this was the day I realized that this work of Dawat and Tabliq is what's going to join us to the sunnah. He's going to bring us to the sunnah. He says, this is what attracted me, the usage of the miswak. Every Muslim, every person, we should try and keep two miswaks with us. One miswak in our pockets with us, wherever we go. So the time of namaz, we just take out our miswak and we can use it before we come into the masjid at the time of... And one miswak at home where we make wuzu, at the place where we make wuzu at home, so when we need to make wuzu, immediately the miswak is available. We use the miswak. And miswak is for the men, for the women, for the children. Not only for the men. We should encourage the women folk to use miswak. Encourage the children to use the miswak. In this way, we'll earn the special pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hazrat Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha, she explains and she says that before Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to enter the house, used to make miswak. See, Hazrat Jibreel alayhi salam used to insist so much on him making miswak. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa thought that very soon this thing is going to become faraz on my ummah. This thing is going to become faraz on my ummah, the usage of the miswak. She says that he used to use a miswak before coming into the house. We can never ever imagine that there was a smell that ever came out of the Mubarak mouth of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa There would always be a fragrance that would be coming out. But taliman lil ummah to teach us. You're going home, before you go home, just freshen up your mouth and then go home. Many a times you'll find in the jamiat, when you have these marital problems and you find that sometimes the wife is writing some complaints, one of the complaints she writes is tell him to get his bread sorted out, tell him to get his bread, his mouth is smelling. Here Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is teaching, use the miswak before you enter the house. The person is making miswak. So this is the fifth sunnah of all the Anbiya alayhi salam. The sixth sunnah, the sixth sunnah of all the Anbiya alayhi salam is the clipping of the <coughs> fingernails and the toadies. Qalmul asfar. To clip the fingernails and the toenails. Here too, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has taught us <coughs> that at least once a week on a Friday, before the Jummah Salah, before the Jummah, any time from a Thursday night till before the Jummah Salah, a person should clip his nails. This is also a sunnah of all the Anbiya alayhi wa Nowadays you find become a common uh, fashion. Ladies, girls want to keep long, long nails. Long, long nails like a fashion. 
This is against the sunnah. If a person keeps his nails for more than 40 days without trimming it, he becomes gunyagar. He becomes sinful for this, for not trimming the nails. For a person to clip the nails, fingernails, toenails regularly to keep it short, no dirt remains under the nails. A person is eating also, the nails are clean. So just to we should check on our families, on our children. The nails are cut short, it's never, it's gone very long, etc. Also ulama teach us that after clipping the nails, they shouldn't be taken and thrown in a bin. Or it shouldn't be taken and flushed down the toilet drain. Rather it should be buried into the ground. Like when a person passes away, he's buried into the ground. Similarly, this is part of a person's body, his hair, his nails, etc. It should be buried into the ground. And also ulama teach us, but if a person is living somewhere not flat or something, there's no ground nearby him. He should keep on container and keep on filling it in the container. Once every three, four months, he gets a chance, he buries it into the ground. This is also practicing on the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The seventh and the eighth sunnah, seventh and the eighth sunnah is nabtul ibit wa halqul ana. That the hair that is growing under the arms around the private areas, this must be trimmed. This must be clean. It shouldn't be that a person is keeping long hair, etc., that hair is trimmed, is kept neat, is clean, and every now and then a person is removing that hair, shaving it off, cleaning it off, so that there's no sweat, etc., there's no stench, etc., that's coming and emanating from his body because he's keeping himself clean in this way. So this is also a beautiful teaching of the, of the sunnah of all the Anbiya, alayhi musalam, that a person removes the hair around his private areas and under the armpits, etc. Sometimes, unfortunately, you find that people who are involved in the janazas, they are complaining, and they're saying that when you're making the ghusl, unfortunately, of some Muslim, finding the hair under the arms, it's very long. The person is not shaving for many, many weeks, many months, perhaps. This is not a good practice. The practice is that a person must remove that hair. Again, here the ulama teach us, if it goes for more than 40 days and a person hasn't removed that, then a person will be sinful for this action as well. The ninth, the ninth sunnah of all the Anbiya Ali Musalam, ghuslul baraji, that a person makes ghusl. In the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made it compulsory on the people to bath on a Friday. Masjid al-Nabawi ala sahibiha salatu wa taslim was a very simple structure with a very low roof. People from far and wide would come to read the Juma Salah in the masjid. Many of them were working in farms, many of them were working with animals, many of them had to walk through the desert to come to Medina Sharia. And it is obvious that if they are walking, their bodies are going to perspire. And so many people in a masjid, so Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, made it compulsory that before you come for the Juma Salah, you must make ghusl. And thereafter, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam relaxed this, and he made it sunnah. He made it a sunnah that on a Friday, a person must make ghusl. Again, though on a Friday, we all should try and see that we have a ghusl, and then we come to the masjid. If we can't do it immediately before the Juma Salah, at any time from Thursday night, or before a person goes to work on a Friday morning, he has ghusl, and then he comes. So when he comes to the Juma Salah, he's already made ghusl, and he's come to the masjid. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam speaks about this ghaslul barajim. And the word barajim, this refers to the sweaty areas. To be more particular about the sweaty areas in the body, like under the arms, behind the knees, around the private areas, etc. That when a person is making ghusl and he's washing this thoroughly, so that no smell, no stench comes out of his body. In a masjid, we are all standing together in salah. People are all standing, many, many people are coming. If a person baths regularly, then he's not going to cause any taklif to other musallis in a masjid. Because he's bathing regularly and there's no smell or stench that is coming out from his body. And the last sunnah, the last sunnah which completes ten sunnahs of all the Anbiya alayhi salam is intiqasul ma, what in our words refers to istinja. But refers to istinja that a person, when he goes to the toilet and he washes himself with water. This is a beautiful teaching of Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the 11th sifara. Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala speaks about the people of Kuba, Masjid Kuba. لَمَسْجِدٌ أُسِّسَ عَلَى التَّقْوَى مِنْ أَوَّلِ يَوْمٍ أَحَقُّ أَنْ تَقُومَ فِيهِ فِيهِ رِجَالٌ يُحِبُّونَ أَيَّ تَطَهَرُوا Nabi Karim sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was very surprised and he asked the people of Kuba, Allah is very happy with you. 
Allah is happy with you because of something. What is it that you are doing? So they said, Ya Rasulullah, the only thing that we can remember doing is we make a double fold stinja. When we go to the toilet, we use clods of earth and we use water. Rasulullah said, yes, this is the action that has earned you all the love of Allah. Wallahu yuhibbul muttahirin. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves those who are pure and those who are clean. Just keep up to this practice of making a double fold istinja. Here too, we should be very particular that when a person goes to the toilet, he makes his istinja correctly and properly. We too can make a double fold istinja. Maybe we can't take clods of earth, but we can use toilet paper and water also. Double fold istinja and make sure that our istinja is done properly and clean. So a person is completely pure, is completely clean. Hazrat Salman Farsi says, one day somebody was like joking, mocking at him, non-Muslim is mocking at him. They oh, your Rasul, he teach you also how to make, go toilet and wash in the toilet. Hazrat Salman said, Ajal, yes, our Nabi taught us everything. Everything he taught, he didn't get like apologetic and like, no, you know. He said it straight, our Nabi taught us everything, even how to sit, how not to sit, where must face, where must sit. All that he taught us, how to sit in the toilet, how to wash in the toilet. Children who are going to public schools and there's no water in the toilet. So sometimes a person is traveling and he has to use the toilet and there's no water in the toilet. We should take a bottle with us and go in the toilet, make sure we make our istinja. Because for a Muslim, taharat, paki is very important. His namaz is in jeopardy if his taharat is not done correctly. These are the 10 sunnats which were the practice of all the Anbiya Ali Musalam. And any person who practices on this, he'll get the sawab and the reward of practicing on the sunnah of all the Anbiya Ali Musalam. May Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq to make amal wa akhir da'wanan. Alhamdulillahi al-qail kuntum khayra ummatin ukhrijat linnas ta'muruna bilma'rufi wa tanhuna alil munkari wa tu'minuna billah wa nahmaduhu hamdan kathiran kullama yahmaduhu al-hamidun wa nashkuruhu shukran jamilan kullama yashkuruhu al-shakirun amma ba'd faya ayyuhal nas usikum wa nafsi bitakwa Allah faqad faza al-muttaqun Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yakulu biqulihi yahtadi al-muhtadun kul hathihi sabili adu'u ila Allah ala basiratin ana wa manitabani وسبحان الله وما أنا من المشركين وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لغدوة في سبيل الله وروحة خير من الدنيا وما فيها وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم مغبر قدم عبد في سبيل الله فتمسه النار وقال عليه الصلاة والسلام لعلي بن أبي طالب رضي الله تعالى عنه 
فوالله لأن يهدي الله بك رجلا واحدا خير لك من عمر نعم وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من عاد مريضا أو زار أخا له في الله ناداه مناج بأن طبت فطاب ممشاك وتبوأت من الجنة منزلا أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فقال تبارك وتعالى وإذا قري القرآن فاستمعوا له وأنصتوا لعلكم ترحمون بارك الله لنا ولكم في القرآن العظيم ونفعنا وإياكم بما فيه من الآيات وذكر الحكيم أقول قولي هذا وأستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا وحبيبنا وشفيعنا وسندنا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله أرسله بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا بين يدي الساعة من يطع الله ورسوله فقد رشد ومن يعص الله ورسوله فإنه لا يضر إلا نفسه ولا يضر الله شيئا أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا سيدنا ومولانا محمد عبدك ورسولك وصل على المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات وبارك على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وأزواجه وذريته قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم أرحم أمتي بأمتي أبو بكر رضي الله تعالى عنه وأشدهم في أمر الله عمر رضي الله تعالى عنه وأصدقهم حياء عثمان رضي الله تعالى عنه وأقضاهم عليه رضي الله تعالى عنه وفاطمة سيدة نساء أهل الجنة رضي الله تعالى عنها والحسن والحسين سيدا شباب أهل الجنة رضي الله تعالى عنهما وحمزة أسد الله وأسد رسول رضي الله تعالى عنه اللهم اغفر للعباس وولده مغفرة ظاهرة وباطنة لا تغادر ذنبا رضوان الله تعالى عليهما وعن كل صحابة أجمعين الله الله في أصحابي لا تتخذوهم غرضا من بعدي فمن أحبهم فبحبي أحبهم ومن أبغضهم فببغضي أبغضهم وخير أمتي قرني ثم الذين يلونهم ثم الذين يلونهم ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار عباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون وقال تعالى فاذكروني أذكركم واشكروا لي ولا تكفرون Kindly ensure that the steps are straight, all gaps are filled in. Please ensure that our cell phones are switched off, garments above our ankles, children to form the steps at the back behind the men quickly. Youngsters talking in the back, please come in the steps quickly so we can start the namaz. Allahu Akbar Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين
سبح اسم ربك الأعلى الذي خلق فسوى والذي قدر فهدى والذي أخرج المرعى فجعله غثاء أحوى سنقرئك فلا تنسى إلا ما شاء الله إنه يعلم الجهر وما يخفى ونيسرك لليسرى فذكر إن نفعت الذكرى سيذكر من يخشى ويتجنبها الأشقى الذي يصل النار الكبرى ثم لا يموت فيها ولا يحيا قد أفلح من تزكى وذكر اسم ربه فصلى بل تؤثرون الحياة الدنيا والآخرة خير وأبقى إن هذا لفي الصحف الأولى صحف إبراهيم وموسى الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين هل أتاك حديث الغاشية وجوه يومئذ خاشعة عاملة ناصبة تصلى نارا حامية تسقى من عين آنية ليس لهم طعام إلا من ضريع لا يسمن ولا يغني من جوع وجوه يومئذ ناعمة لسعيها راضية في جنة عالية لا تسمع فيها لاغية فيها عين جارية فيها سرر مرفوعة وأكواب موضوعة ونمارق مصفوفة وزرابي مبثوثة أفلا ينظرون إلى الإبل كيف خلقت وإلى السماء كيف رفعت وإلى الجبال كيف نصبت وإلى الأرض كيف سطحت فذكر إنما أنت مذكر لست عليهم بمسيطر إلا من تولى وكفر فيعذبه الله العذاب الأكبر إن إلينا إيابهم ثم إن علينا حسابهم الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمده الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر السلام عليكم ورحمة الله السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وصلي على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه صلى الله تعالى عليه وسلم وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين برحمتك يا رحمه الرحيم